Hey, you Northwestern fans. How the heck are you? Welcome to another Wildcast edition of A Bowl Full of Chips. This is your host, Chappie, and I'm in a good mood for two reasons. One, it's good to be back here talking Wildcat football. I know it's been a while. And two, and more personally, we are joined today by one of the greatest Wildcat leaders in the proud history of the purple and white, a man who led Northwestern to 19 wins in two years, took the Wildcats to a Rose Bowl, won two Big Ten championships, and was even featured on Good Morning America and The Tonight Show back in 1995, all while attending one of the most prestigious universities in America. That's right. I'm happy to welcome your former starting quarterback, number 10, Steve Schnur. Steve, how's life, brother? Life is uh, life's pretty good. Thanks. It's good to hear. Good to hear. Um, you know, certainly life was really good last year. Uh, the the Wildcats won the Big Ten West, made it to the Big Ten Championship, and played a really good Ohio State team. And contrary to what the final score may appear, that certainly was a, a game that um, was was very good for the purple and white and the fans that that made the travel there. But uh, you know, even fans like myself who unfortunately couldn't make it to Indianapolis, it was a great thing to watch and and, and great to see Northwestern in that national spotlight, Steve. Yeah, it was a great, uh, it was a great event. It was wonderful uh, to attend, and and ironically, uh, I moved to Indianapolis about two years ago. Yeah, that's and, right. Uh, so it was, it was great. We hosted a big event down here. Had a bunch of former players, and uh, Coach Barnett was in town, and and uh, had him in our in our suite. And I think that we can we can look at that hopefully going forward as as a, a major stepping stone and. and you know, maybe in five years we can look back and say, yeah, that 2018 season was really the the first step towards what hopefully in in the near future will be uh, a decade of of uh, great things to come for Northwestern. So take us back to your thoughts on last season, Steve. What were the emotions that you were feeling as the Wildcats methodically knocked off Big Ten opponents one by one in the second two thirds of the season? You know, it was a it was a great ending. Uh, it was a little a little frustrating on the front end. Uh, yeah, you know, watching them beat Purdue that was a great game. Uh, had a bunch of people in town for that, and then uh, obviously they had a series of setbacks and Jeremy Larkin and what he was dealing with, and and then watching uh, watching them lose a couple. But as the season wore on, it was uh, it was it was pretty awesome to see. Um, you know the. Uh, as they as they tackled one after another and and seemed to be setting themselves selves up for for winning the Big Ten West, so uh, great to see. Very very excited for them and where the direction of the program's going for sure. Yeah, and 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 be honest, how concerned were you when they had that one and three start and they lost Larkin for his career? You know, unfortunately, you know, even though they played Michigan close and. I honestly thought that they were going to win that game. You know, being from Michigan, I had people texting me and calling me and saying, what's happening? What is Northwestern really up 17 to three? And I, I purposely didn't respond back because I didn't want to jinx anything. And then, you know, unfortunately, you know, they scored in the final two minutes and uh, the offense just couldn't get past that defense on that final drive. So how concerned were you when they, when they got off to that one and three start, knowing that big 10 season was around the corner and they still had to play, you know, mighty Wisconsin, Iowa and, and the rest of the the schedule that they had coming up. You know, I guess concern is a is a, it's how you define it. I guess I was sure. uh, I knew they would I knew they'd battle and compete. I thought right. I thought they could still salvage uh, the season and, and get themselves to a bowl game. You know, it's a trademark of of Fitz and all his teams that um, that they battle. You know, they yeah. they're, they're never really out of stuff and. I knew they'd battle. I will admit that I was not overly confident they would uh, they would win the Big Ten West. Yeah, and, and I think that that's where where my thoughts were, and I think maybe most realistic Wildcat fans was you know hoping for the best, and you know like you said, 
you 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 always know watching a Northwestern coach team by Pat Fitzgerald that they are going to battle and it's it's not going to be something where they're completely mismatched. I mean they're they're one of the most well prepared and going into the game, you know, one of the, one of the teams across the country that that is is going to give that competition and is going to be well coached. But you know, clearly marching through the Big Ten season eight and one and you know winning those that string of games to, to put him in Indianapolis was was something great to see and, and certainly helping with recruiting I think down the road. And one of the big reasons why they they got to that point where they were is the leadership of last year's senior quarterback Clayton Thorson. So I know you're a hum, humble guy, Steve, but you know how would you compare the career of Clayton to your accomplishments from the standpoint of, you know, being the quarterback in Evanston and, and being two guys that led their teams to championship level play. Well, I, uh, it, it's pretty remarkable. I think when you look at the record he has, they were, they were very fortunate to have him, and hopefully uh, whoever emerges uh, this year can, can uh, follow him. Fitz always talked about, you know, how, you know, his famous line is that stats are for losers and the greatest stat there is, is the 36 wins that he earned calling signals for the purple and white. Do you think knowing Clayton and, and having mentored him, do you think he still kind of feels a burn because he didn't win a big 10 championship knowing the competitor that he is, or do you think that he can hang his hat on the fact that, you know, he, he did the best that he could and, you know, led him to a couple 10 win seasons. And then, like we said, a, a big 10 West title and a, and a championship berth in that big 10 title game. Do you think that he takes more solace in that or do you think the competitive fire in him kind of looks back and says man you know uh, it would have been you know even better had we won that last one well I think you, you know any any competitor will tell you they always they always look for something to, to drive your drive yourself you know winning a title or winning a conference to answer honestly I'm sure he's thrilled with his career North. you know so so you helped mentor him what do you think was the best piece of advice that you personally um gave to him or that you've uh that you've delivered and that you saw him translate onto the field you know i i i don't, <laughs> I don't know hopefully he took some of it uh <laughs> but i uh you know the, the biggest thing i try to tell guys you know be be you be be a leader um and be be who you are you know, don't try to you know there's there's a lot that goes on in a, on a team with uh who's hot and who's not and, and what style you're trying to play and everything. But it, but it really starts with the quarterback and you, and you gotta, you gotta stick with who you yeah. are. And, you know, Clayton ran a, ran a, uh, the kind of offense where you know, he was smart. He, he tried not, you know, he didn't turn the ball over. He took some chances when he needed to, but, but he was efficient. And, you know, as long as, as long as he kept playing his style of football, obviously the, as, as fit, Fitz points out, you know, the uh, the wins speak for themselves. Yeah. And I, that was the only thing I tried to relate to him because there was a lot of pressure, especially when Larkin went down and some of the others that, you know, suddenly the offense needed to be everything. And, and uh, or, or Clayton specifically had to. And, and I just, you know, that's not that's not how you that's not a recipe for success. Right. You, you need to step up when you need to. But. Uh, they had a very good defense, and they just needed to play smart football. Yeah, and and one of the things that I admired most about Clayton was his resiliency. You know, I mean, there was there was times over the last two seasons, and you could even stretch it into the last three seasons, where there was trouble with with protection, and you know, there were some critics who were saying that you know he would either hold out of the ball too long or would try and rush things and whatnot. Um, and when things statistically weren't looking as good as maybe some people were hoping for. He just seemed to roll it off and and continue to go with that mindset that I'm going to go out the next game and I'm going to do everything that I Clayton Thorson am, am capable of doing without letting any statistical outlook you know 
dictate where he was going to be in in the following game. And I think that that was something that was most admirable about number eighteen on that on that team. Absolutely. So again, we're here with former Wildcat quarterback Steve Schnur talking Wildcat football. And so, Steve, let's get to the present. The 2019 season is getting ever closer. I think we're in the 70s in terms of, you know, days until August 31st when the Wildcats head out to Palo Alto, California and play the Stanford Cardinal, a place that you have been to in your in your career. And so enter Hunter Johnson this year. Now, I know that you know, the quarterback competition is open and it will continue to be, at least as far as the press is concerned, a competition until August 31st. But there's certainly a lot of hype around this young man. He's a five-star recruit coming out of high school from Indiana, originally committed to Tennessee, then changes and goes to Clemson where he's competing against Kelly Bryant and then Trevor Lawrence. Last year, he ends up transferring, coming to Evanston, and there's a lot of pressure on him to meet or exceed Clayton's established benchmarks. So what have you heard about him? What have you seen? And what, what should Wildcat fans expect, expect from this wunderkind? You know, I've, I've read a lot about him, um, thanks to Twitter and right. articles and everything. <laughs> uh, I've heard a lot about him. Uh, I, know, I know speaking to, uh, to Fitz and, and some of the staff that they're certainly very excited about, uh, about the talent level that, that he has and, and seeing what he can do. But, um, you know, I, like everyone else, uh, I don't have any inside insight as to, to uh, what's going to happen. The fact that he's going to. Know, he's going to be the starter, but I, I have not heard yeah. uh, any more than you guys. Right. And I spent some time with TJ Green and talked to him. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, TJ is a name that is unfortunately getting forgotten in this whole thing because, you know, certainly, like you said, the the press and the clippings and the stats that follow Hunter are, are certainly very uh, commendable. But let's not forget that TJ Green was a guy who – uh, you know, competed and he battled. And I think that he performed uh, incredibly well with Clayton's situation and his his knee going into last season when, you know, there wasn't, you know, much assurance that Clayton was going to be able to start in the Purdue game, how much he was going to be able to play. And then we found out that he was kind of on that pitch count. And, and TJ came in and, and he, you know, he ran the offense, he, he controlled the ship. And what I was most impressed was just his cool demeanor. And, um, you know, so he's kind of like the, the tragic hero in this whole thing, because, you know, with last year, you know, Clayton was one play away from TJ needing to go in and he was, and the same can be said about, you know, Hunter Johnson with, with everything that everybody's, you know, projecting for him as with any quarterback in college football, especially in a power five conference, you know, he's one play away, not just injury, but, you know, maybe, maybe a bad performance away and, and you've got to go to your number two. And, for me personally, I, I feel really confident having number ten back there as as the next guy, if that's the way it shakes out. And um, you know, certainly comes from a great pedigree, a, a great football family. Not so much just from an athletic standpoint, but more so that mental standpoint. You know, I, I look at his dad, Trent Green, and and to me was you know one of the coolest customers in in Big Ten play, playing out of Indiana, and um, you know. Just, just always seemed like a guy who had his head on his shoulders the right way, and, and clearly playing in the NFL, there was some truth to that. And I get the same impression about TJ. So, is is there a lot of truth behind that? Absolutely, and I think uh, I think he demonstrated that last year. I was I was super proud of him. I had a chance to tell him that. You know, I think um, it's a tough spot to be in, but I think it's one of the great lessons in in sports and, and particularly in football uh, where you've got a, a team of so many different parts that, um, you know, everyone has a role and, you know, your role can change. You just got to prepare yourself as, as best you can for that opportunity. And I thought he did that and, and did a nice job with it last year. And, you know, it was a tough spot to be put into, but um, performed very well. So yeah. 
uh, I feel good about, you know, feel good about our depth there, which, uh, you know, we haven't had to think about much uh, for the last few years. with Clayton. Right. And for those Wildcat fans that are not too familiar, our, our guest Steve Schnurr was in a similar situation where, you know, you, you had had experience and going into the 95 season, everything, you know, from this is, of course, dating back before social media. So all you really had to go by was actual newspapers and magazine articles and whatnot. And, and a guy by the name of Lloyd Abramson was, you know, actually from the state of Michigan, where I'm from, and everybody was projecting him to be, you know, he was a highly touted recruit, probably would have equated to about a four, maybe five star um, in today's, you know, standards, but, you know, didn't work out for him. And so insert number 10 back in 95, Steve Schnurr. And, and obviously we know what happened well there. And, and I think that's a, a similar situation to TJ because you prepared yourself, you were mentally ready and, and, you know, you had that mindset that, when given the opportunity, I'm going to take advantage of it. And, and I'm not going to let outside influences dictate what's going to happen to my future and my success. So um, kind of a bit of a parallel there for me, in, in my opinion, Steve. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's, like I said, it's great life lessons you learn in, in this sport and uh, in all sports, but you know, you just, you just need to prepare yourself for, for that opportunity and you focus on things you can control and, you know, that's your preparation uh, and, and effort and attitude you bring every day. And, and when you get that shot, you make the most of it. Yep, for sure. So you've played with uh, with Fitz. You've seen him coach now for 13 years. You're good friends. How have you seen him evolve since the mid-90s, going from a player and then assistant coach and then now the head coach for the past 13 seasons on the sideline? Aside from not wearing the neck roll anymore, how has he evolved in that time since you've been around him? Well, he, he now shaves his what was a horrible beard back in the <laughs> mid-90s. Um, you know, he's he's uh, obviously like all of us, he's grown up. You know, he's uh, I think he's changed his style uh, I'd say almost in a, you know, in a subtle fashion, right? He was, he was sort of this young, fiery, you know, linebacker mentality. I think, I think he's changed and adapted a little bit with that, although that's still, you know, you got to be true to who you are. And I think he still, he still is, um, you know, he's, his vision for the program, his, uh, the way he, you know, represents the university and all of us is just amazing. Mm-hmm. You, you could not paint a, a, a better picture than, than what they have right now with, with the direction the program's going, um, you know, who the face of the, the university and the program yeah. are. Uh, and, and, and I'm thrilled for Fitz. You know, I think all of us would have, if you would have mm-hmm. guessed, uh, if we would have put, you know, the yearbook most likely to be a head football coach one yeah. day, I, I think there's no doubt it would have been right. Fitz. And so, you know, kind of on that same note, you've been around the Northwestern University community for the, over the last 25 years now. What would you say to high school students who are considering NU as a potential choice for their collegiate future, especially in the football realm, but even just as a, as a student, what would be your pitch to, to them deciding that Evanston and, and Northwestern University is the way to go? You know, I think, I think uh, the, the football program has coined a, a, a phrase that uh, really sums it up, right? Which it's about the next 40 years, yeah. right? And um, whether it's, whether you're just a student or you're a student athlete or you're a football player, um, you know, it, it's a great experience. Uh, it's, it's great to be at a school like that with the facilities they have and the, the campus and that close to Chicago and all that comes with that. Um, but really the connections you make at that university being a, you know, being a top tier university in the yeah. country, uh, mm-hmm. it's about what sets you up 
for uh, for the rest of your life. And and I think uh, I think I think they coined that well. And that's those those are the kind of players that Fitz wants to recruit. Uh, people that care about that, and I think that uh, being around that type of uh, that type of person as a student athlete, and, and having peers that are like that, you know, you get to be twenty something years out of school, like myself, and you look around at uh, the people that I went to school with and, and graduated with, and the success they're having in in life, uh, it's it's pretty remarkable, and I think that's a, a testament to, you know, surround yourself with good people. Yeah, and and especially with all that's going on with this transfer portal business now, it's it's very reassuring and it's it's pride inducing to to see that Northwestern really has had only I I can only think of two guys in the last two years, three years that have transferred from the university. And it's really been more so after they've gotten, you know, some kind of a degree there. So it's not like it's been a, a second or third year player who just says, this is not the right fit for me. It, you know, kind of shows that climate and that culture and every program, you know, high school, college, they, they throw around that word family. And sometimes they throw it around a little bit too loosely, but I think that Northwestern is certainly one of those programs where family actually means something and kind of speaks to your point where, you know, you do develop that culture, you develop that community feeling where this, is going to be the people that I can trust and go to and look back in, you know, 20, 30 years and say, yep, I'm, I'm still in touch with them. And, and my Northwestern experience meant something. Yeah. And I, you know, this whole, uh, this whole transfer thing, I could go on and on about, <laughs> I, I just, uh, it's, I, it's a game changer for, for college football and, and probably college athletics. And I, and I, I hate to see it. Um, I know there's situations where it makes sense, but you learn in life. Um, sometimes it's about putting in the hard work and, and effort and, and trying to uh, trying to earn your place, you know, rather than uh, the grass is always greener. Yeah. But, but hopefully Northwestern continues to to keep that number very low based on the program and uh, and the and the kind of uh, kind of kid they're bringing to the university. Yeah, absolutely. So again, we are here with 1995 Rose Bowl quarterback and Wildcat lifer Steve Schnur. So Steve, as we wrap up here, tell us real quick uh, what you do now. You know what life is like for you. Well, I married my uh, Northwestern University uh, college sweetheart. So we four kids. Uh, we lived in Chicago uh, up until two years ago, and uh, we moved to Indianapolis. I'm with uh, Duke Realty Public Real Estate Investment Trust, headquartered in Indianapolis, uh, and I run our real estate operations for the country. So do a lot of traveling and try to get back. Uh, still a season ticket holder. We, uh, hopefully it was, it was God sending me here to Indianapolis so I can continue to host these uh these Big Ten title games as we have them down here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I've made it a vow to myself and to uh, every Northwestern fan that the the absolute next time that the Cats make it to the Big Ten championship, which hopefully is is in the very near future once again, I'm going to be there hell or high water. So, um, you know, hoping we can uh, we can maybe meet up uh, sometime when I'm, when I'm out there, Steve. Absolutely. I'd love to have you. So, uh, you know, Steve, I want to speak for Wildcat fans when I say thank you so much for joining us and taking time out of your busy schedule to give back to Wildcat Nation. And this is a personally gratifying interview for me because I've always gravitated toward your character. You know, you're a tough, hard worker. You're a leader. Just so many things that embody what it means to be a Wildcat. So thanks again for giving us your time, Steve. I appreciate it. Go Cats. Go Cats. Well, Cat fans, we're going to end on a high note and send you out in style. So thanks for tuning into this Wildcat edition of A Bowl Full of Chips. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at champion underscore lit. And join me on Wildcat Report Online as I continue to preview the 2019 Wildcats with weekly position group previews. I already have the quarterback and running back position previews up. Coming up this week, we'll see what the receivers look like for NU in 2019. 
And we want you to join us for our next Wildcast when Wildcat Report's Louis Vicar and I break down the 2019 Northwestern offense and what they should look like this season. So until then, spread far the fame, fight for victory, and go Cats!